Yes, hello, Techheads, we're back. Yeah, sorry about last week, had a few technical issues and so forth, but, you know, I put my mind to things and I've, I've fixed it all up. Yeah, so I had a bit of a, a, a messy week last week. I had my little my little Windows server machine go down and it wasn't doing anything. I couldn't access it or anything. I was driving me insane. And then I logged in to do the podcast and then... Nothing happened. There was no video. There was no nothing. It was all crazy as well. So anyway, we had to abandon last week for the first time in history. The show was abandoned. Anyway, we've got um. I didn't. I didn't abandon the stories. Though we're going to go quickly through last week's stories real quick and bring you right up to date as of today. Rightio. And to do that, we've got here helping me tonight all the way from NBN country, Jason. Melbourne, Geelong. (laughs) Hi, and we're coming here live from Geelong near Melbourne. How's it going? Good. You look like you're in the chopper. Can we have a uh, a, uh, road report, please, while you're there? Yes, and for the people who uh, missed out last week, we'll give you all your money back that you paid for the show. Yeah, that's right. Money back guarantee. Every single last cent. We'll double your money. <laughs> and times it by 10. Can't say fairer than that. No. So you've had uh, internet problems as well, MBN problems. Who would have thought? Uh, Who would have thunk yes. it? Um, hey? It went fine for the, the first week I was here. It was pretty cool. And um, it's 140. So that's pretty good start. Uh, only because um, Wi Fi is theoretical. I can get 20 up, 20 down most days. And then uh, I was lucky to get one down. And I was like, that's not right. And there that's was rubbish. like a half a meg. I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. And I did pings and trace routes and stuff. And I was getting <laughs> 75% packet loss, hmm. which is ridiculous because you should get zero. <laughs> and so- then um, we, we rang up by INET and said, WTF, mate. And they're like, oh, see if you can plug a laptop directly into your NBN box. So hmm. lucky I had my MacBook Pro here, so I whacked it in there. It was still getting the same problem. So we go, well, it's not the wiring. It's not your INET Bob modem or something weird and wacky. Yep. It's got to be something in the system. So he said, uh, okay, we'll, we'll try and um, put you through to the fiber team because it's definitely got to be a, a problem with the fiber there. Okay. I don't think he got through to the fiber team, honestly. Oh, oh yeah, I just <laughs> I just remembered. Yeah, just remembered. We we do have a known uh, fiber issue in Victoria. So uh, yeah, you don't have to talk to us about that and goodbye. Oh so yeah. Great. Great. And all the time I've been bitching in Winepool, of course, because that's what you do. And uh, <laughs> yes. so I said on, on Winepool to the IINet guys, there was a couple of them on the thread that I'd created and there was other people joining in saying, yeah, we got problems in Victoria too. Mm. And um, they said, no, there's no fibre outage. We don't know anything about that. And no, one can. of the other guys said, well, I, I rang up separately and, and got told exactly the same story. Yeah, there's a known outage. And they said, no, there's no outage. like, well... Your guys on the phone are just trying to get us to hang up and get us out of the phone call queue, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they said there was. And anyway, so um, after a few more days of complaining and trace routes flooding this thread that, that I put in there, they um, actually lodged a real honest-to-goodness fault, sent Ooh. a technician down there and went, oh, yeah, there is something wrong there. So, uh, so it we just, fixed it. Was it just you? No, it was this whole area has probably affected maybe half a dozen to a dozen suburbs. Yeah, right. Oh, geez, what a and, nightmare. Uh, so they fixed it and then, yeah, it was going really good. And then um, last night, just before we're about to do the Obsidian Loft Minecraft podcast, it went all crap again <laughs> for two hours. I was getting the same 75% uh, packet loss. And I'm, no, not oh. again. We just got all this sorted. But now it's all good now. Yeah, that's and we can it. even watch our Fetch TV over it. Oh, good. Well, yeah, well, that's yeah. You don't expect to have these problems with the MBN, but um, I suppose no. You that's do. what I was saying. <laughs> it's like it should be the most reliable technology there is now. I mean, it doesn't get water in it because he's like, well, it's not ADSL, so obviously there's not water in the pits. We're like, yeah, I know this. I know. I've but, been dealing with uh, broadband technology in Australia for a long time. We were <laughs> one of the first few on the uh, the ADSL one when it came out. We were Ooh. one of the first. My uh, wife at the time and I were moved across from cable to ADSL and had our Telstra Big Pond three gig a month cap. That was huge. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're posting all this stuff like uh, I joined uh, Telstra for ADSL and all I got was this three gig cap and then a picture of the cap. 
Yeah, so look, I remember those old days, yeah, the, the dial-ups and all that sort of stuff. It's all good. All right. Well, I'm glad you're back on deck. And uh, what we're going to do for something different because we love having problems is we're just going to pause there for two seconds. All right. Yes, Gremlins fixed, hopefully. Now, I'll tell you what, if you stay tuned after, uh, well, near, probably around the middle of the show, have I got some good news for you? I have got the best news. Anyone is, uh, oh, no, you, you won't believe it, Chase. That apparently, there is a solution for the crypto locker malware yes, thing. So yes, how good is that? So I'm going to tell you all about that in uh, in a minute. But look, let's uh, let's go straight into some last week's stories. They eh? just bring us right up to date. We got uh, Cortana, Microsoft's answer to series coming to Australia. Uh, the Mi- yes, we'll release Cortana in the next update for Windows Phone 8.1. So I don't think that's happened in the past week. <laughs> Might be old those, news. Most people who own uh, Windows phones will be very happy about that. Yes. Yes. Cortana. Speaking of phones, do I get to have a bit of a whinge about how Telstra sucks like everybody else has a whinge? Yeah, go on. Right. So my, uh, <laughs> I've got HTC One, which I've been raving about how wonderful it is. They're not. Right. This is my second one. The first one, you plug your headphones in and the sound still comes out the speakers, not the headphones. So I took it to Telstra and like, yeah, that's a fault. Here's another one. That one, this one after a few weeks does the same thing. And now it's got this really cool feature where if you put it in your pocket, it'll switch off and not come back on until you plug it into a computer. That's handy. Not Telstra's fault. Fine, it's HTC. They screwed up. Mm. So um, Telstra are like, oh, we got this new um, LG G3 phone coming out. Everybody loves it. It's got quad HD screen, beautiful phone, 5.5 inches, so it's going to be a lot bigger than anything else I've ever had. You can pre-order it now. Yeah. And uh, I could switch my plan to a cheaper plan, I'm currently paying $85 a month so I can get two gigs. This would be $77 a month for the same two gigs and calls and everything. Hmm. So I'm like, cool, I'll pre-order that and uh, I'll switch my plan. They're like, yeah, we're happy with that. If you just pay out the rest of that phone contract, which was like 230 bucks or something for the HTC one that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <the> second one. <laughs> and uh, then you can have it. So I'm like, great, that's awesome. So I put in my pre-order and then uh, I got this email saying, oh, your pre-order has been cancelled. Like, oh, great. What? But why did you want to uh, pay the phone out anyway? Was it a piece but, of rubbish? Um, well, you have to. It's phone contract. Yeah, but they the phone didn't work. You break your knees if you don't pay out your contract. <laughs> but the phone didn't work. It was a piece of rubbish. That's right, yeah, but they, they still require you to pay for the phone that you've got even if it's not working. You could take it back in there and then say, get me another one, they'll send it away for two weeks and then send you back a refurbished yeah, okay. one or something yeah. like that. It was like, I don't care, yep. I just want the new phone. Yep. So uh, I read all the reviews and everyone's going, LG G3, best phone ever made in the whole of the universe, get it now. So I was like, cool. So I put in my pre-order, they cancel it and said, phone this number. So I phoned the number and it goes this number is only open between nine and five weekdays and it's nine o'clock so go away so i rang another number and talked to them web chat and it turns out that because i'm not currently living at the address that's on my account contracts they can't send a pre-order phone to me at a different address because they can't cope with that their head just oh yeah explodes you can't have it (laughs) they said well you can go into a shop and get it on the day and then switch and i'm like well, let's see. If I go into the shop on the day, I don't get my $250 Visa gift card that comes with the pre-order <laughs> only. I don't get the free wireless charging pad that comes with the pre-order only mm. if you do it on the web, right? And they're going, that's right. You don't get any of those funky cool stuff. And I'm like, well, I was counting on the $250 Visa gift card to pay off the old phone that you gave me that doesn't work. But can so you- it wouldn't anything to do the transfer and I'd actually be up in money. But as it turns out, they're like, no, you can't have it. I went into a store and said, is there anything you can do? I want to give you my money. (laughs) I want to re-sign with you for another 24 months Mm. plus buy an expensive phone. And pay out another one. (laughs) And they're like, no can't be done if you if you can't get the phone delivered to the address that's on your account and be there with id to prove who you are when it arrives then you can't have the phone why can't you pre-order. just tell me you've moved there or have you got to show I like accept it because it was in the pre-order already oh right right but can you pre-order <laughs> again <laughs> nope because it was finished uh, the next day after i pre-ordered you need to ring the complaints department they'll sort it out 
I tell you who I did contact, Kogan, and I got exactly the same phone, which if I had got it outright from Telstra or Optus or Vodafone would have been $695, which is fine, but that's a 16-gig version because none of the um, – yes, there he is, Russell. <laughs> Look at old Russie. Um, they uh, – you get a 16 gig version with two gig of internal memory, which mm. is only available to all the carriers in Australia. Or if you go with Rusty Kogan, he can get you the 32 gig version, which is not available at any telecommunications company in Australia, which has three gigs of internal memory. Mm. And it's only about $630. Oh. So you save 60 bucks and get a phone that's twice as big RAM <laughs> and an extra gig of internal RAM for less money, including delivery. That's so just hopeless. I, Russi, here's my yeah. credit card, mate. Send it to me so it's on the way. Yeah, good work. Well, so well, the Telstra's lost out, haven't they? So that's, that's and ridiculous. And I'm turning to Optus as soon as I get out of It reminds me. I am. There's no uh, coverage from Optus in this house. but Yeah, right. It reminds me like years ago when I was working at the NAB, uh, years ago because the computers weren't, you know, that that flash. And uh, I remember you could do most of your things on your little computer at the, you know, at the counter, you know, blah, 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 tap away, tap away. And uh, and then I realised someone came in one day and said, I want to change my address. So I changed your address. And I said, you know, you can't do that at the at the uh, Commonwealth. I said, what are you talking about? Now, you can't do it. You've got, to tell, you've got to write out what the change of address is. They've got to send it to Melbourne or Sydney and then someone in some operator has got to punch it straight into the mainframe. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't do it. That reminds me of that. But, ah, uh, look. He tells you you could have had a happy customer for another 24 months locked in a contract and I probably would have recontracted after that to whatever mm. fantastic phone came out after then. Yeah. But yeah. Now I'm going to Optus. I'm going to be paying like $45 a month for two gigs. Mm-hmm. Unlimited that, calls, unlimited right. SMS, unlimited MMS and everything. That's all right. So I'm saving 40 bucks a month on yeah. a new carrier. I don't care that it's going to cost me like $700 to pay out Telstra and tell them where they can mm. put it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's hopeless. But, you know, I did flat, I did have a picture of Russell and Kogan. Ruslan or Ruslan, whatever his name is, not just because I just have a picture of him just hanging around. Oh, that was pretty quick, man. You're on the ball tonight. Yeah. And then suddenly I was talking to David Tony from uh, the CEO of Telstra. Come on, put the picture up. Yeah, no, no, I'm not that good. No, the reason I had Ruslan was uh, because there's a story about him. It's uh, Kogan has undercut the competition with a $229 4G phone. So Kogan and BenQ have launched a $229 4G smartphone called the Agora 4G, which the online retailer is claiming to be the best value 4G Android smartphone in the world. The Agora 4G is a 5-inch HD 4G LTE connectivity, 1.2 gigahertz quad-core processor, an 8-megapixel rear-facing camera, and a 1.3-megapixel front-facing camera. The rest of the details can be seen on Rosalind's site, and no doubt that's Kogan.com. And also, another little Kogan story from last week was he's, he's, he's launching sports brand now, Fortis. Online retailer Kogan has signaled its move beyond technology into sports and fitness, as well as TVs. Yeah, that guy. He's what? He's everywhere, that guy. Oh, he is everywhere. He's like, what's that What's that uh, ad on the, he's everywhere, he's everywhere, he's everywhere, whoever that is. Now, as well. Must God. <laughs> so he's there, he's into yoga mats, dumbbells, gym balls, golf balls, all that sort of good stuff. Um, other products from the Fortis line include TrackFit, an activity and sleep tracking wristband, the Fortis magnetic, magnetic bike trainer, an indoor exercise bike and Fortis smart bills. Yeah, which features 15 different weights in one dumbbell. Now go, go figure that one out. How does that work? Magic. It's all fairy dust and magic. But our mind, that is weird. That's sucking air and I don't know. Anyway, founder Rosen Kogan was named as one of the uh, BRW's list of 200 richest Australians with his wealth ranked at an estimated $320 million. That's not bad, is it? That's all right. That's pretty good. Yeah, look. The now, thing is, you know, I don't know if I'd buy a Kogan branded something, but I'll definitely get an LG phone made by LG, which has just been yeah. imported by Kogan. You know, mm. it's mm. made by the same company. There's not going to be any manufacturing defects just or cheap shortcuts just because it came from there. Yeah. Now, look, uh, bad news for the people watching the video this week because there is none because it stopped no again <laughs> yes, and I'm not going to restart again. So there'll be no video this week. Uh, if you're lucky, maybe I'll put up a picture of Jason with the, the show on the background. <laughs> we'll see how we go. I don't know what I'll do. Do you reckon I should, do you reckon I should put one up there? Uh, yeah, just like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'll just snap that one. 
<laughs> that would be quite hilarious. With a great big screw Telster on the wall behind me. Can you do that? Yes. Oh, yeah. You need to paint that wall green. So you can. I know, yeah, I don't think my housemate would be too happy about painting the walls green. <laughs> No. Um, we saying the same thing for our show. He's like, just get it painted up. No, I don't think that'll go down well. No. Uh, yes, look, we have got the lounge with us as, as always. And uh, hi, Rob Painkiller. He's saying that, uh, yes, the, the stream is working. The video is working in the stream, but the actual recording of it uh, keeps going up the toilet. So He's going to amaze him. Good work, son. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Let's uh, quickly move on to Jace. Wasn't uh, you didn't have any stories last week because you were MBN internetless. So another quick one here from last week. Apple lops two hundred dollars off the MacBook Pro. So there you go. If you want some cheap Apple MacBook Pros, they're apparently they're two hundred dollars cheaper. So look, see, I even had all these all these things ready to go. All these images, and now it's just all going to go to waste. <laughs> oh well. Um, the, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Oh, Apple profit, Apple's profit. There's Rosalind. Oh, there's that phone, Agora, 4G. You're on the Bolton. You do do it so well and now it's all full of the bits. I know. So, because I get, I start thinking about too much about what's going on and then it just. That's your problem. Start thinking. What have I told you about thinking, Tommy? You shouldn't. (laughs) Too much of it, or is you? Just shouldn't do it. Apple has reportedly, ha- well, has reported a net profit of seven point seven US billion. Whew. Nice. Yeah. Be interesting to see how they go after Beats is fully integrated from this week. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of money. Sales of the iPhone in the quarter grew by thirteen point nine percent to thirty. 30- 5.3 million. Meanwhile, iPad sales totaled 13.3 million. That's down 8.9%. So I don't know what's going on there. Although the company called, uh, company credited strong iPhone and Mac sales, its overall quarterly results, 7.7 billion profit a quarter. I could do with a bit of that. Couldn't they? Yeah, just spread it around. That'd be nice. That'd be real nice. All right. Now, dun da da this week's stories. All right. Well, let me start. There's a Don't you cue, start now. Cue, cue the siren noises. <laughs> oh. Warning, warning, Will Robinson. <laughs> Officeworks issues recall after a USB charger melts. Danger, danger. <laughs> so, uh, so apparently, uh, as many of as three thousand four hundred chargers have been sold, according to the New South Wales Fair Trading. Approximately one thousand and fifty of the products with model number MS one hundred seven one double two three were sold in New South Wales. The now, char- here's the thing: they went on a great big blitz last week because some chick got electrocuted by a cheap Chinese knockoff USB charger. So they're like, only buy the really good ones from like Officeworks and yeah. stuff. And now it's like, I got one from Officeworks and it still killed me. What now? <laughs> yeah. So um, can't win. No, no. So yeah. So they're going. New South Wales Fair Trading. Uh, has been undertaking hundreds of inspections looking for unapproved electrical devices. So I wonder, which got me thinking, like, so these people that, you know, you, you ring up China and you say, send me 10,000 USB chargers. Well, they yep. wouldn't be approved. No. So they're I, naughty. I got mine from eBay. Probably came from China. Yeah. Anything is, you know, when I go to pay for Belkin one, you pay like two or three times the normal price just because it's got Belkin written on it. But um, hmm. mine's fine. It's got four charge ports in it. Each is two amps. I charge everything up fast just through the one plug. I bought a... Yeah, uh, to have a six to eight socket power board to plug every bloody thing in and that one won't, that one goes sideways so it has yeah. to go at the end and this one <laughs> goes upside down so it goes in there and those two won't fit together because it's a bit too fat. You just get the one plug and USB them all into the side of it, charge them all up from the one socket. Well, I had the, four. you know, the little four, I had a four pack, Double quaddle adapter. <laughs> yeah, for you know, for the old cigarette lighter, the old quaddle adapter. Yeah. <laughs> Got it from China. Plugged it in. Fuse blue. <laughs> so, Hilarious. So, yeah. So then I had to get on the eBay and I had to look for fuses. No idea. <laughs> no, I don't know where I bought one from. I think I went to the servo somewhere. Oh, servos yeah, don't sell day, fuses um, anymore. Um, Liverpool Markets in Sydney and for 10 bucks got one of the car cigarette lighter ones. It's got 
um, four sockets for cigarette lighter type things and it's got a couple of ports in there That's for the USB. Hmm. And I just got, because um, the USB ports weren't that high rated, I went to um, North Rocks Markets and got a little um, USB cigarette lighter thing that just it's just one little thing about that big and you just shove it into the cigarette lighter port and it's got two ports on there, one's one amp, one's two amps, and just plug everything in there. Yeah, well, that's the way to go. But, yeah, like you, yeah, you can't complain. But it, but it goes to show, I suppose, that any stuff like this that gets brought into the country, yeah, it obviously still has to be approved. Like there's no cheap way of doing it. Office works would. What, they would approve it? Get the approved ones only. Well, you'd think so. You'd hope so. Uh, penalties for the sale of unapproved items ranges from on-the-spot fines of $500 to prosecutions. So with a maximum penalty. They're going to prosecute the USB charger to the full extent of the law. <laughs> but only You're going to jail USB charger. You ain't killing nobody this time, you murderer. But it was only the two-amp side that was the problem. The one-amp side got off. Yeah. With a maximum penalty of 87500 two years imprisonment for an individual or 875000 for a corporation. So, whoo there you go. That's how it works. Yeah. All Very right. JB, guys. JB. Now, tell me, which, I think last show we were talking about the Chrome thing. Uh, Chrome thing, I mean. What was that called? The um, the the streaming Chrome dongle Chromecast. thing. Chromecast. Chromecast. That's right. I'm thinking Chromium. <laughs> but yeah, Chromecast. That's it. Now, well, Chromium is the um, open source version of Google Chrome browser. So, oh, I was nearly there. <laughs> I was nearly there. So tell me, I went into JB Hi-Fi, spoke to the all-knowledgeable JB Hi-Fi orbs that just circle around the store. (laughs) All-knowledgeable, that's a good one, yeah. And he told me. Anyone who works in sales, I wouldn't say all-knowledgeable about anything whatsoever. No, because he told me the biggest pack of frog crap I've ever heard. (laughs) And I thought, oh, look, I'll have to. Those shops and, and the customers are like, uh, excuse me, does this uh, particular device here have the following abilities, blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, <laughs> probably, yep, yep, they sure do. And then he walks off and I go up to the guy and go, uh, it doesn't. No. Uh, don't buy it. You're wasting your money. The guy doesn't <laughs> know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, I said to him, I was asking questions about this Chromecast because I was going to get one. Remember, after that last uh, last fortnight's podcast, <laughs> I was going to go in and get the thing from Dick Smith. I got there yeah. first thing in the morning. I got there. They're still closed. I felt like a real f- freak <laughs> just <laughs> hanging out the front of Dick Smith waiting for it to open. Going, oh, $39 Chromecast. Here I come. <laughs> And so I get in there and they're $49. I went to the lady, Have you got, haven't you got these for 39 I had it on good authority. William, my very <laughs> my very knowledgeable. My good mate, Will, he'll, he'll, he'll have you if you don't give it to any right price. He'll have you for breakfast. Yeah, Will around and break your kneecaps. <laughs> and, yeah, and so I said, um, she goes, oh, look, no. She said, I'll scan it in, you know. And so she scans it in, oh, 49 bucks. And I went, oh, I'll see you. 35 US, so they got the Australian tax on them, which made them 49. Yeah, but no, but what, they were 39, but it was online only and only for that weekend, which I missed out on. So anyway, but anyway, and free postage. But anyway, so I went to JB Hi-Fi and I said, oh, they got them for 49. And because I'd walked all the way from Dick Smith to JB, same price, I thought, oh, look, I might just buy one, you know. And the guy goes, you know, they don't stream from your phone. Like this. That's right, yep. And I said, oh, okay, so what does that mean? And he says, so you can't stream a movie from your phone because the Chromecast connects to the service you're streaming from to stream it. Yep. But then I, I come home and I'm looking at the site and you can, you're can you sending stuff to the to the Chromecast from your phone. If it's if it's running in something like a browser or an application that's Chromecast ready <laughs> – yeah, right. And programmed for it, then you can send it through. So a lot of people reprogrammed their um, – there was a famous guy, I can't remember his name now, but they were talking about on Leo's podcast where he had an app that uh, let you watch movies and stuff. And he – before the Chromecast API came out, he reverse engineered it so that his program would. And then they set up a approved list of apps for Chromecast and his wasn't on the list, so then all of a sudden your Chromecast didn't work with it when it got updated. Oh. And it was like, oh, it's a conspiracy. They they hate this guy. They're trying to build. It's like, no, we're just trying to stop malicious stuff from doing the wrong thing. Hmm. He can be added onto the list of approved apps, and then he got added on, and then suddenly his app could Chromecast movies to the thing. But usually what happens 
is the Chromecast. You've got a browser open on YouTube.com or something like that. You're like, I don't want to watch this on the little screen or you've got it on your phone or whatever. Yeah. I want to watch it on the big screen so you can press the Chromecast button and it'll send it across. Same as the Apple does with their AirPlay. Right, right. Yeah, it's have to be written to know that um, – technology and the protocols to be able to send it to the device. So if you just get any old app, you can't Chromecast that. But if it's Chromecast ready, then you'll be right. able to do it. So, so you can get an app that will sync to your, your your media server. Yeah. So you can still do so it. It'll just stream it through, yeah. Yeah, so that's all but I wanted to do. That, the, the one that he's talking about is you go to YouTube.com and you say, I want to Chromecast this. It doesn't download it into your computer and then send it over the Wi-Fi, stream the video to your Chromecast. It says to your Chromecast, here's the video that Glenn wants to currently watch. Here's the URL of it and where we're currently up to. You start streaming it directly through the Wi-Fi from YouTube yourself and then you could switch right. your computer off and we keep on going on the Chromecast because the Chromecast is streaming it directly, yep. not your computer. So that's what he's trying to say, but he probably doesn't know that there's Chromecast-enabled apps. So he was half an orb. Yeah. Yeah, he was <laughs> half orb. All right. Half man, half orb. <laughs> okay, what uh He's a mudblood. <laughs> what stories are you in Harry Potter? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Almost uh, a year after the launch, Australian Xbox One owners still cannot walk into a room and say Xbox On to activate their console. In the US saying Xbox On will switch on the console, the TV, the home theatre receiver and set them all to the appropriate settings. None of this is currently enabled for Australian users, even though the hardware that makes it possible is present in the local version of the machine and it otherwise deals perfectly well with our Australian accents. Good. Significant missing feature is the integration of TV content, both free-to-air and pay TV. In the US, a cable TV receiver or digital set-top box is plugged into the Xbox, which then outputs the signal to the TV using the pass-through. This setup allows users to change the channels with voice commands, see information overlays on the TV screen and more. Currently, this feature is disabled for Australians. Sweet. Another perpetual bugbear for Australian gamers is the scarcity of local multiplayer game servers. Many companies will not set up a powerful data crunching centers on our shores, so players have to make do with systems in Western California or Southeast Asia. Both solutions can cause system slowdowns and difficulty finding locals to play with and against. On this topic, at least, we've got good news. Xbox One data centers are arriving in Australia soon. Good. We've made the commitment to launch Australian data centres. They're not open yet, but we do expect them to open sometime this year. On Titanfall, they worked with EA and Respawn to come up with a local service solution for Australians because the local data centre isn't up and running yet. So good news in the future for mm. some stuff. Now, I've got an Xbox uh, story. I bought a game for my Xbox. Probably the Congratulations. second. Congratulations. <laughs> all by yourself. <laughs> I walked in the EB Games all by myself. I'm armed and hard and hard and Dick Smith? <laughs> no, not Dick Smith. <laughs> it was the same day, actually. It was, I walked out of JBI before I walked into EB Games. <laughs> and so, anyway, I bought the, the kids Minecraft mm. on the Xbox. So, yeah, they've been playing that. They Why? like it. Hey. You can buy it online and just send it straight to your machine from the Xbox Marketplace. You don't need a disc, but oh, yeah, probably. Way, I guess if but you're I've, there. <laughs> I've only got like a little four gig Xbox. Yeah. You know, one of those little cheapy things. A cheap, crappy one. Yeah, but anyway, doesn't matter. Bought the disc. But uh, so can I? Can they play with other people without the subscription to Xbox Gold or whatever it is? Mm, probably not. I think they would need the subscription to Xbox Gold because what happens is the other players have to be able to connect into the server that you're you've set up on your own machine. You sort of in a sort of roundabout way you run your own local server on your Xbox and people connect into your computer and play in the worlds that you've created. But if you switch your Xbox off, they can't connect into your world like they can with the computer ones. Oh, okay, right. At right. this stage, um, one of the things that we announced on uh, our Obsidian Loft Minecraft podcast, now available on YouTube and any podcast application. <laughs> any good um, podcast directories. <laughs> yes, they're looking at some way to get it so that Xbox One can uh, save the data into maybe the um, Azure, Microsoft Azure cloud servers so that other people can work on their houses on your server game while you're offline. So Right, right. They don't have to ring you up and go, Chris, can you turn on your computer? I want to play and mum won't let me go on the other ones because people on there say rude words. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. What, what, is your server still running? 
Yes, we got uh, two. Was one uh, hidden one that my daughter and her friends play on safely. They can do whatever they want on there, and uh, we've got our Attack of the B Team public server, which is uh, has a special mod pack to allow you to do extra stuff that doesn't come with a normal Minecraft. Yeah, right. So yeah, radio, cool. All right, I'll have to uh, get the kids to jump back on and see what's changed. Oh, can, have you got the tablet world going? No, uh, Mr. T's, <laughs> I think he wants to wait till it comes out of beta. They're still working on, um, they just released beta two of the new server for the Pocket Minecraft. Right. And uh, they, they're still not really stable, so he preferred to wait until it was less crashy before uh, up setting it up and let, allowing you guys to log on. I can't understand. You know, when the kids get halfway through building a house and the server crashes and then we have to delete it and start again because it just makes everybody cranky. <laughs> I can't understand why uh, they, they don't all just talk to the one server or something, you know, like why. Eventually they said they're going to try and make it pl- cross-platform like that. But oh. at this stage, because the um, desktops were all written in Java, they just wrote it for one uh, they just wrote it once in Java and it worked on all platforms because Java is cross-platform. The um, Pocket one and the Xbox and the um, PlayStation had to be coded from scratch because you can't run Java on those. So they wrote them in C++ and they're, make, they're trying to catch up for the last two or three years that Minecraft has been in development and adding on new functionality, new creatures, new objects, new things you can pick up and items and things. Mm. And so they're, they're making good headway. They're pretty close at the moment, but they're still a bit behind. So you don't want to be logging on with a client that's like 10 versions behind the current ones and then suddenly a mob appears <laughs> in the screen. That, you know, they've got this new mob that just came out called Guardians which live underwater and are a, a hostile mob that you can attack and things will drop off it. If your little pocket PC one doesn't know what a Guardian is, the computer would probably crash and then yeah, right. Dad's phone doesn't work anymore and get a bit cranky. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait until they're all in sync. And I, I was saying even on the show last night, I was saying, you know, the Xbox has to be done in C++. The PlayStation mm. has to be done in C++. The Pocket one has to be in C++. They should just standardize on that from now and throw out the Java, which is the desktop only because all the others are the same language. So you might as well switch across, right? But then all the plugins, all the mods and everything have to be completely recoded from scratch. So Now, why, why is Minecraft such a, a low-res game? Like they obviously set out to make it like that. Is that because they couldn't be bothered drawing stuff? Well, Notch isn't that great at <laughs> drawing things, but uh, it, it the original idea came from a game called Infinity Miner, which was just made of blocks. And the guy I was I've been reading the story of Minecraft book that I bought from a real shop, and it's paper and everything, oh, and. That? Um, Marcus Person, who's known as Notch in the Minecraft world, who created it, saw this game called uh, Infini Miner, and it was basically the original um, Minecraft, how it started. And this guy had been making it. Uh, it wasn't exactly the same, but it had a lot of the same similar features. And then uh, apparently somebody got a hold of his code and released it free on the internet. So everyone started making up their own servers and their own versions of the client and stuff. And suddenly it just exploded mm. into too many incompatible versions and nothing worked together. And then Notch, Marcus Person, saw this. He's like, oh, that looks like a cool game. I bet I could make something like that. So he started working on it and then he added in a few more pe- features that people liked and then he put up demo of it and it just went from there. So yeah, right. uh, it just came from there that you, you would have a world that was just made of blocks in what they call voxel. And you pick up one block and you move it over here and stack it there and then you pick up another one and stack it on top of it and you can build stuff out of those blocks from there. You can, on the desktop one, if you've got a really good computer, you can get um, what they call texture packs, which change the um, graphics that are on the blocks to higher, higher, higher resolution. So you can have like 128 by 128 or 256 or even I think there's 512 if your computer is really good Mm. to render the blocks in really realistic-looking graphics, but uh, most people just stick with the basic. Because what what I found quite amusing is because the kids go, oh, can you get me Minecraft on the computer? And, you know, I've just just chucked them an old laptop that I've got, you know, probably running Windows 7, not too bad, and another little old desktop that's running Windows 8, not too bad, you know, and that's fast enough and stuff. Anyway, I looked at the Minecraft and it wouldn't load up. It says your graphics card's not compatible. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> your computer's not powerful enough. And I went, what? It's like an eight bit 
graphics. <laughs> like, yeah, what's going it's, on? Because it's written in um, Java. It's not actually 8-bit. It's 64-bit um, code. Mm. Um, the graphic is just blocky, but it has a lot of very complicated um, calculations for 3D geometry and collisions and stuff like that. And Java is not the most efficient thing. If they rewrote it in C++, as I was saying, it would run a lot better on lower-end devices, but Java requires a lot of overhead yeah. to be able to run and a lot of powerful computer and a lot of people has worked out for computer companies people like oh my computer works fine for browsing and facebook and stuff and they go minecraft oh man you're getting 100 frames a second i'm only getting 68 so now i have to buy a new computer so they buy it with you know like mr tompkinson or will has got uh crossfire cards of two gigs each and 64 gigs of ram and big terabyte SSD hard drives and stuff just to run Minecraft really fast. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you now. I've got another question for you after this story, because Microsoft, as uh, it's going to relate back to Minecraft. I'm not just changing topics altogether, <laughs> but Microsoft has announced its Surface Pro Three will go on sale in Australia on August 28th. Now, prices for these things start at nine hundred and seventy nine dollars for the sixty four gig i three model, increasing. <laughs> 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 Increasing. That's the base model, guys. That's the base model. Yeah, up to $2,279 for the most expensive 512 gig Intel i7. Why would you want an iPad 4 when you could have a Surface 3? It's obviously much better because it's made by Microsoft. We know how great they are at making tablets. Pre orders are now possible. <laughs> now possible. Fire. <laughs> and I didn't Jeez, even. They want to give you a free one if you pre order. <laughs> I you get that one plus a free one for your kids or your wife or something because no, seriously, you, who's going to pre-order $2,000 Surface Pro 3? You know what you do get for free when you order them? This is on Stylus. the site. No, they're so generous, Microsoft. You get a $25 App Store card. Whoa, dude. Great? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ordering two. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, micro, now, I didn't know the URL to the Microsoft Store. Do you know Nobody it? Nobody does. No, <laughs> it's microsoftstore.com. There you go. Everyone knows Apple. Everyone yep. knows Play. And yeah, yep. my, I never knew it until I, until I read it. So uh, obviously like with anything. But anyway, uh, when the site uh, blah, 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 Microsoft wants a device to be seen as a rival to the MacBook Air with uh, Microsoft online. It's worse, doesn't it? <laughs> Capabilities, but yeah. I'd want some of the stuff that those guys are smoking because it sounds pretty <laughs> awesome, serious. The Surface Pro has a larger 12-inch screen compared to the Surface Pro 2, as well as being lighter and thinner than the previous model. Now, my question is, so therefore you would think, because it's, a, it's, it's, it's essentially, it's a i7 Windows 8 machine. So therefore you could run your Minecraft on a tablet. But the computer version? If they had a version of Java that runs on there, I don't know if they do. It's supposed to be able to run just about anything. Be very surprised if Java would run on it. Oh, right, right. And and look, all this talk about Minecraft. We're, you we're, could ask uh, Will. He's an expert on all things Microsoft Surface. Look who's come out of his burrow. How about running, uh, <laughs> running Minecraft on a Microsoft <laughs> Surface? Would you do it? <laughs> it's Will. Well, the question is why would you do it? That's That's the... The question. Hi, Will. Although, given that you've just paid uh, <laughs> two grand for a laptop, you'd probably want it to run micro, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, you'd like it to. How are you going, Will? Good to good for you to join us. <clears throat> yeah, it's actually. Both chops is here, everyone. Literally, <laughs> I literally just got back from work, and uh, I've had a haircut, as you can tell. So that's why I was running late today. I was going to say that uh, the hair the on your is I've got to shave because the beard's longer than the hair now. I was going to say the hair on your face <laughs> is longer than the hair on your head, <laughs> <laughs> and you got your little ear all squashed up. He had his hat on a bit too tight and it pushed all the hair through his head and out through his chin. <laughs> all right. Well, you've come at the, the end of our Minecraft segment. <laughs> yeah. Bad timing. I, I was channeling you. I was in the chat room and I just um, I was trying to get things set up so I could jump in, but uh, mm. yes, anyway, it's all good. All, all right. Good. Well, you, can, you can ride the wave till the end of the show because, um, uh, Jace, what's another story that you might have this week? Well, if Foursquare's attempt to force users into Swarm, which I'd never heard of until one of my friends started posting Swarm check-ins on Facebook, has taught us anything, it's people don't like being forced into apps. Oh, Facebook, never one to heed the listen, lessons of history, same <laughs> as the Australian government, <laughs> could soon be will soon be forcing its iOS and Android users over to Facebook Messenger, and many users are not happy about it. 
Facebook sent an email to users alerting them messages will be disappearing from Facebook's iPhone and Android app. For now, messages will remain in the iPad and Windows phone app for now, as well as the mobile web and desktop. While Facebook is suggesting users make the switch over to Messenger for some time, the social networks stop short of actually forcing them to do so. But now they've... Uh, if you're yet to download Messenger, you'll see reminders prompting you to get it. Eventually, the messages disappear entirely, and users will only be able to check messages via the web or the Messenger app. Why they well, Facebook this? Messenger has been available since 2011. Many users who still not downloaded the app are reluctant to do so and not pleased about the new push to force them into the app. So why would Facebook be forcing users into an app that some people still don't want to use? The company says Messenger is faster and more reliable than chatting within the main Facebook app. Messenger yeah. also has more features like voice and video calling, but the real reason may have something to do with Facebook's bottom line. Of course, oh. they're going to monetize it, right? Oh, I thought it was yeah, just well, Facebook's I mean, bottom Ads I, everywhere. <laughs> I pretty much have to use the Messenger app because the Facebook app's more or less useless for me at the moment. It just keeps crashing and not just my phone. Most people most people I've spoken to in the last since the last update has just been absolutely horrible. So I actually mm. don't mind the app. It took me I was one of those people who refused to install it. No, 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 don't want it, don't want it. And uh, now that I've got it, I'm actually glad I did. <laughs> There's only one reason that I like it is because its notifications are separated out. Before, even if I selected yeah. the only notifications I want to receive from Facebook app are the ones from the Messenger. I still got uh, Bob has liked your post that you posted three years ago on his page. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to know that. I just want to know if somebody wants to talk to me. That's it. I just refuse to do that. So now I've got a separate app. I get the notifications differently and I can get them on my Pebble Watch. Nice. Well, I logged into into Face, not Facebook, Foursquare the other day. I hadn't logged into it for ages. So I logged into mm-hmm. it and, yes, I was presented with uh, – I couldn't – it just said download Swarm. I go, well, I don't want Swarm. I want Foursquare. And, I, and I, I couldn't understand what it was doing. I said, well, all right, I'll download your stupid Swarm then. So I downloaded Swarm. I went, well, now where's Foursquare? I, I, I don't yeah. know. So has it changed? So there's no, no yeah. more Foursquare? Is that right? No, now it's Swarm. <laughs> so it's changed its name. Oh, I couldn't get it. Fantastic, right? <laughs> I couldn't get it. Why couldn't Why couldn't they change the app? So when the app comes up, you load it up and it just says like, you know, push What's an update out and you load it up and it says, hello, this app is no longer working properly. Please download Swarm and enjoy Foursquare as it used to be, <laughs> but under a new name. Yeah. Why didn't it do that? <laughs> I didn't know what if was my going on. That to me, I think I'm throwing against the wall. To be honest. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> well, it's faster, more efficient, and able to track you and steal more of your data well, than. I think did. a lot of it to do is to do with bandwidth because it's much easier just to push out a message notification to just a single line of text than it is to push out to a heap of coding involved in it, so that Facebook knows which particular section to put it under and where it comes from. And mm. so I think it's. Yeah, probably a similar sort of principle with a lot of the apps now. It's all about bandwidth. If you've got, you know, a few hundred million users or or things like that and they're all sending messages at the same time, man, that's a lot of data. Mm, Well, yes, yes, it is. Now, Will, I'm just going to go on to another story, but would you be able to just turn your volume up a tickle? Up. Please. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> You'll have to speak louder. I'm wearing a towel. We'll just see how you go. But anyway, uh, we'll see how he goes when he uh, when he comes in after this. Australian researcher Joshua Rogers has discovered a method for getting past PayPal's two-factor authentication. That's no good. I thought two-factor was unbreakable, which is possible due to an issue in the way that PayPal accounts integrate with eBay accounts. So a PayPal spokesman told scmmagazine.com in a Tuesday email correspondence that the company is aware of the issue, which is limited to a small amount of integrations with adaptive payments, and he's working on getting it addressed as quickly as possible. Rogers said PayPal told him something similar on June 5. All the way back then, Rogers was got, got on his goat, got his ire up, he did, and he said, I'm going public. That's it. I'm public. And, he's, and, and he, here's the question. Why don't we have Steve on this week? <laughs> He'll be the one to talk to about it, right? That's right. <laughs> he probably wouldn't be allowed. Yeah, Gary flew down here today. Hey, it's in Melbourne. He did, yes. Hi, Steve. In in rainy, sunny, snowy, windy Melbourne. Overcast. Now. Hail. <laughs> so anyway, so apparently the problem was never fixed. So old Jace uh, decided to disclose the issue on Monday in a post. 
And also, Google finds images in Gmail leads to child porn arrest, child abuse arrest. So they've gone through people's emails. This is another, you know, there's probably another side to this argument. But police found child abuse images on this guy's smartphone and tablet, as well as emails and text messages discussing his interest in children. In 1994, he was convicted of sexually assaulting an eight-year-old boy. Detective such and such of the Houston Metro Internet Crimes, we have a problem told the agency this guy was trying to get around getting caught. He was trying to keep it inside his email. And he said no one, thinking no one could see that information. Well, Google trawls through your, through your emails. I don't know. They must obviously be a- actively seeking uh, porn, are they? Um, well, what they had a discussion about that on um, Twitter with Leo Laporte this week and uh, one of the guys on there used to work for the NSA said um, it's probably there's a uh, – it was, they were actually alerted by a child um, porn prevention, you know, child safety company. And um, they said what, it, what would happen is they would have a database of known um, graphic images like this and links to where they got them from. And uh, if they could match it up a, a hashing of that uh, against uh, what this guy had in his emails, maybe he was already known to be like that. Or uh, maybe they're just running it through because the government or police require them to keep an eye out for this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can just make a, a, a code, which is a, what they call a hash of an image or a tune or something like that, which is how they do content matching for like uh, YouTube and things like that. Mm. And uh, if it's a known image already and he gets a copy of that image, then you can do it based on that. If it was something that he just took yesterday, then obviously they're not going to have that in their database. But if, if it's something that has been circulating around those kind yeah, of okay. people's uh, computers and networks and they've got – uh, connections in there and they get copies of those images stored on their database, pr- create a hash of it and then say to Google, if anybody has got anything like this on any of their accounts, let us know. Mm. Then uh, that's probably what happened rather than somebody at Google going, okay, now I've got to log into Will's email. Yeah, he's been a good boy. Okay, now I've got to go into Glenn's, read all of his yeah. emails. Jeez, he's got some boring crap in here. All right, going to Jason's emails. Oh, yeah, he thinks he's really cool. What a stud what this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> going to the next one, you know, nobody's going to sit there going through millions of emails through nah. billions and billions of accounts. So no way. they have to have a computer that's matching these things up and eventually it's going to alert them and say, hey, you know, due to the colouring in the image, it looks like a, there's a lot of flesh in there. Mm. Running against a database hash of known images. Yep, we've got one that matches that. Um, then somebody can obviously go in there and access it and see what it actually is, and then alert somebody about it. Yeah, well, all this, all this, this, uh, this, you know, buzz, buzz around. Put all your photos and everything up in the cloud. Well, I, did, I've, I know I've mentioned this before, but it's pertinent again for, for now, I suppose. But I, um, I put some photos up in the cloud of the kids, and one of the photos was the kids having a bath, and Microsoft sent yep. me an email. So <laughs> obviously, that photo was not around the place. But, but they've picked no. it out and they've said, oh, hello, you've got porn in the SkyDrive, get it out. <laughs> and I had to, I, they said otherwise they closed me down. So I, I pulled it out. So yeah, yeah, I guess it would be matching based on flesh tones, uh, the quantity and, of uh, flesh tones in and image. sizes and, and Somebody's stuff. like, let's better check this out. Mm. Yes. How are you going, Will? Well, they've got facial recognition, so they could definitely tell there were people in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. But do they have- like a picture of a bum and they go, whoa, that looks like, Two-year-old bum recognition, smooth, uh, smooth as a peach. That one, so <laughs> yeah. definitely is being naughty there. Yeah, Will, how are you doing? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, just looking through some stories. The problem is I don't know what you've already covered, but uh, there's some interesting stories happening this week. That's for sure. The one that just did, you have done the uh, see-through mice by any chance? No. <laughs> You had you missed see through mice, really? I saw the oh, article. Dear. We haven't talked about it. <laughs> see, what is it? See through oh, okay. mice. Yeah, scientists have. Um, I mean, they've been able to make organs transparent to to varying degrees for free for like a century now. Um, but they've actually figured out a way. Obviously, they're not alive; they're dead. It's for for research. But they figured out a way to make the organs, the bones, the the tissues, the muscles, everything all transparent now, so they can study. A body that's complete in in perfect you know perfect completeness rather than oh, that's uh, a different story to when I saw um, in the news today that uh, they found a way to make carbon nanotubes water soluble and can colorize them so that they can inject it into 
a mouse or eventually a human and it goes uh, through their blood system and can circulate through the brain and they can see where uh, clotted clots are where the yep. blood is being um, blocked off and they could yeah, do an operation directly of, there. Yeah, that's part of this part of the story later on. They're saying things like they've been able to map out the brain or or certain organs in that in that exact way. And uh, it picks up much more than X-rays or MRIs could could possibly do. Um, you know, figuring out how organs work and how the central nervous system reacts and things like that. But I mean, really if you think about it, it's it's the step before the invisible man, isn't it? I mean, the, there's yeah. not much to go between you know these these mice being killed for lab research to somebody trying it on a human because you know there's always one out there who goes hey give me that needle. Yeah. Um, but no, I've walked through Sydney City plenty of times and I tell you what, I feel pretty invisible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> so, but um, yeah. yeah, for some reason that just grabbed my attention. It's, it's I don't know if it's a really amazing scientific breakthrough or something that really shouldn't exist well i'll tell you i'll tell you something that absolutely grabbed my attention this week and that is now and actually it's it's so it's probably ironic that it has come because i was only i only had my first taste of the crypto locker virus uh last week not me personally but uh one of my clients and and you said haha sorry reformat yeah i did and he got a reformat but now it has come to light there is an antidote can you believe it (laughs) there's an antidote the decrypto locker you go uh the malicious program encrypts files on windows computers and demands a substantial fee before handing over the key to unscramble files this one this guy the one i saw came through by way of an australia post uh spoof email uh came from ostpost.biz and we all know that the dot biz is a great uh, yeah and Did you see today that uh, they've they've launched dot fail and dot wtf yes yeah i saw yeah, that I was today reading that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah so anyway uh yeah so he clicked it says uh yes hi you got a parcel waiting for you at the post office uh please put this code in and we'll tell you which agency to go to and pick it up or whatever he put the code yeah, in did you ask him if he'd actually ordered something and was waiting for it or he thought this was a wonderful <laughs> gift that Australia Post was sending him because they're such lovely people and thought that it might be his birthday or something. No, no, he, he actually was waiting for something. <laughs> but I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, but without the, you know, like I suppose why would you have to put a password into it? You know, there, it was it was very. The, you, I would may, may I would may have even fallen for it. I don't know. I don't know. Just luckily, it didn't come. Joe Everett definitely fall for it. Yeah. Yeah, but all I can say to him is, look, I said your email. You're with some, you know, Tindle Tondle Telco. And, uh, you know, and these spam things are just coming through all the time. Like if I said, if you're with... Rhymes with Helstra. <laughs> I said, if you're with Google, Gmail or something like that, you know, they're probably going to be caught and spammed out. But anyway. Yep. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, to decrypt the crypto locker, there is a page, the decryptolocker.com. And you upload one of your encrypted files, and come and lo and behold, a key comes back, and it's the unlock key, apparently. And it's yeah, the, now the because customized I would, version of the program to decrypt it too. Yeah, yeah, because you know that that wouldn't have been written by the guy who wrote the original program, would it? No, they. <laughs> um, what happened was um, a couple of security companies actually um, got into the site where they were doing the uh, where they were asking you to upload your files and pay money, and uh, they stole the encryption keys from <laughs> the bad guys. Found out how to reverse engineer their software using their keys, and now you, if you they put up this website, so you can do it for free instead of three hundred US. Uh, I was going to say one, one file. It could be <laughs> readme.txt that's encrypted, and uh, they'll read through that file, compare it with their keys, create a reverse algorithm, and it spits out a exe file. It's a mm. custom decryption program and sends it back to your, gives you a link where you can download it and then you just run it on your computer and it decrypts everything again. Because So that's assuming your computer is still in a usable condition, I suppose. Well, it yeah, is. Yeah, you can still mm. that they just encrypted all of your doc, Word, Excel, PDF JPEGs. files. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, because I, I said to this guy, I said, uh, look, I said, what, why, what, why don't you put a new hard drive in this thing and just keep this one on the shelf? Because he had all his stuff on it. He didn't have a backup. He was screwed. 
He was totally screwed. And the problem is if you do have a backup, it's backing up the now encrypted file, so you're still screwed. That's right. That's why you you have three separate backups. Yep. Yes. So but, hopefully by the time that happens, you've noticed it. Yeah. And But anyway, because I said to him, why don't you put the encrypted drive on the shelf and put a new hard drive in? He said, no, oh, no, don't worry about it. I said, you sure? He goes, yeah, don't worry about it. And look at this. A week later, poor bastard. <laughs> you know, I could have helped him <laughs> out there. Him. <laughs> He's no. going to hate you. Go- <laughs> yes. Sorry, Dave, if you're watching. But now uh, Glenn's tech company has now got a new feature where they can decrypt your files <laughs> if you've got a problem. That's right. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? Jace, have you got another yeah. one? Oh, Will, you got something. Well, Hey, no, you're right. I was just thinking, yeah, just, we're, yeah we're, we're the first company in Australia to offer a decryption service. It's only it's only 299 US dollars. <laughs> Glenn will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 299 Australian dollars, so that's cheaper, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you don't come to me immediately, it's 500. <laughs> and if it and doesn't work, it's a thousand bucks and you're still in your computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A new website detailing 80 or so websites or services where Australians can de- access digital content has been trumpeted as the end to the argument that Australians only download copyright infringing TV shows, films and music because it's not available in the country. The Digital Content Guide launched by Foxtel, Music Rights Australia, Screen Australia and a number of other content groups is designed to pool all the available streaming and download services available in Australia. The website has over 80 different services from Foxtel Play to Spotify, Fetch TV and Steam, all linking to places where content can be viewed or played either for free or for a fee. At the launch of the service in Sydney, Australian Home Entertainment Distributors Association CEO Simon Bush said that there are more digital services available now than any time before. Consumers have a larger range of video and music devices and video channels now more than any time in our history, he said. We need to listen to our customers and respond with content available on multiple platforms and devices sooner, whilst at the same time understanding the global nature of consumption of media. He said that in pooling together the various services, Australians could now see where they can go for content they want to watch the lack of availability is no longer an excuse for copyright infringement he said but the service itself does not allow customers to search for which subscription service contains which show or film they want to watch the user that wanted to watch game of thrones for example would need to check in across a number of different services before being able to determine the price and availability of the show on foxtel play itunes quickflix or google play so there you go. That looks all right. That was a nice idea, but basically it's just a bunch of bookmark links that just go to other sites where you have to type into their search engine. Breaking Bad, no, you don't have to close it. Go back to the digital contents thing. Who else has got it? BBC iPlayer, click on there. Go there. No, they haven't got it. Close oh, okay. that one. Go to Foxtel. Have Foxtel got it? Yes. Cool. Oh, I have to subscribe for hundred dollars a month. So screw that. Okay, onto Google Play. Have they got it? No. But the stupid it's thing not is, like you could type in Breaking Bad and it searches through all the services handily for you, mm. like they do in the US with CanIStreamIt.com and in the UK, this is just basically a bunch of bookmarks to other places where you can do your searches at. Is it just me, or is, does everyone have trouble with the Australian catch-up apps? Jump in is the worst for me. Then Channel 10, second worst. And then ABC iView is the only one I've good. used, and that's because they have Doctor Who, <laughs> and it goes quite well. But that's good, yeah. iView is great. Yeah, iView works. That's based on the BBC one, isn't it? Probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. I use it on the Xbox or on my uh, tablet. It works great. Yeah. Yeah, but oh, this jump in, it just drives you insane. So I can understand why people just get the craps with it. Um, all right. Uh, we'll- this service doesn't solve any issue. No, no. <laughs> It's past. Yeah. All right. So, Will, we better have a, a story from you, and I think we're going to have to quickly get through the rest and uh, get out of here. I'm assuming you guys have covered, covered the um, the politicians trying to explain the internet story. No, we <laughs> no. thought we'd leave that for you because <laughs> seriously. Oh, really? Um, uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but basically they've decided that there's a new uh, a new way that they can, they can sift through everything that everybody's doing, but um, – well, I love his quote. What was his quote? We're not tracking what website you visit, only the web address. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not tracking the website, the address. That was, um, that was Brandis, wasn't it? <laughs> Same thing. Was that Brandis? The, yeah, Brandis. Yeah. yeah. And then they went on to say, um, he was saying things like, we're not um, we're not collecting the data. We'll only collect the landing page data 
And then after every site you click on from within that landing page, you're only collecting the metadata. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Hang on. And these guys are the, the, the future of our country. Um, <laughs> oh, look, there's another video online I saw people posting today where a couple of years ago before they got in, he was saying, oh, people are not going to accept uh, if this Labor government is going to try and keep all the metadata and all the list of web pages and stuff. They'll yeah. never accept that. Now he's like, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep all the metadata and list <laughs> of websites and information that people use. Oh, yeah, it's hopeless, yeah. isn't it? It is hopeless. It's, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. And this is his own policy. So mm. somebody's introducing their own policy. They're describing their own policy to somebody who doesn't know what their policy is. The problem is the person who's introducing the policy that they've just introduced doesn't know anything about it either. I can understand. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to be knowledgeable <laughs> to get into politics. You just have Obviously. to be a like, rich white old man. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's your right. qualification right who, there. Who, yeah, that's that seems to be about about it. It's um, yeah, the the yeah they say um, what was he saying? It was also uh, not Mr. quoted said the electronic- they've got the internet on computers now. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bennett said the electronic signature of websites could not be recorded under the new laws. So the electronic this electronic signature of the website could not be recorded under the new law, but the clicks within a particular website. Whoa, that uh, that makes even less sense. <laughs> the, <laughs> the signature of websites could not be recorded under the new law, but clicks within a particular website could not be recorded. But when you visit a page and browse from one page to the next, that's what we're recording. Mm. Which is what he just said they can't record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look. Oh. Yeah, I think I think PA is mm. in the lounge. He's pretty much right. I think it's only a topic of conversation because, you know, they've been recording this data probably for years anyway. Oh, it's just a topic of just, think, it's come up and we're talking about it's it. Snowden. It's, mm-hmm. it's been more than years. It's been decades they've been recording everything we do, so it's not unusual. But the, the fact that, um, I mean, there's even an article. I was actually reading an article. Um, I just started reading it before while I was at work, actually, saying that, um, you know, they've just come out recently and said that every every phone call you make, every every time, you know, everything you've Googled, every Facebook post, you know, it's all tracked, which we knew. But um, there was one from an ex-FBI agent saying that, um, you know, they've, hunted and killed people based on metadata that's been stored yep. on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. You know, so. you yeah. mean to say they, the government knows when I go to porntube.com? That's terrible. I mean, I would what never you, go. I don't even know what that means. Never heard of yeah. it before. <laughs> Why do you think the uh, every time, and we've done this two or three times, we've always mentioned um, every time you start mentioning terrorism or bomb threats or, or things like that, your internet suddenly drops out or slows down. I wonder why. Mm. <laughs> Look, I, I think could just disconnect William right now. That would be hilarious. <laughs> he doesn't normally have to. It normally happens. It, it's amazing how often it happens. No, no, we just <laughs> we just, well, where's my mouse? We'll just we'll just do this to Will. We'll just do that to him. Yeah, how you will? How you going? <laughs> no, he can't hear us. No, he's no, disconnected. <laughs> Bloody NSA. He's been muted, see? He's been silenced. And or humbug. (laughs) Yeah, look, I think... You you anti-conspiracy theorists (laughs) will be the end of us. I think... um, (laughs) Look, I don't know. Like All this data gets collected, yes. It's not personal until they start looking and, and, you know, attaching this data to a person. And I suppose as long as they don't use it as for for fishing expeditions, I don't know. That's probably all right. Warning expeditions? Fishing? Oh, Okay. Like yeah. Sergi Brin was it said, if you haven't got anything to hide, then you got nothing to worry about. If they know everything about you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. What's the problem? And even they even record how many times you press across the road button, the 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 walking things there. And if you press it more than once, I'll come and get you. I knew it. I knew they did that. <laughs> hey, just ask Croc Dundee. He'll tell you. I think they should do that. <laughs> I think they should. Nothing worse than stand there with a set of lights and so on. Bang, 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 bang. It's like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Only registers once after that it ignores you. Let me use your head for the same purpose, can I? <laughs> All right, that's it. I think we've uh, we've well passed our allotment of, of for this episode. So, uh, sorry, I had to make up for last week. I know, I know. But we now, Will, now, Will, you're away for the rest of the month. Is this right? 
Uh, I believe so. Yeah, this will be my last show for for the next three weeks because uh, next week I'll be getting ready to go and I'll be gone for the two weeks after that. All right. What about the Obsidian Loft Minecraft podcast? Also available on any podcast app near you and YouTube. <laughs> and YouTube and Obsidian and go to obsidianloft.com to check out the website there and find everything there. So I guess that podcast will be on hiatus for a while. Oh, you never know. And also, don't, don't forget the Aussie Max Zone. Uh, you can find them at their own webpage as well, aussiemaxzone.com.au. And also... Wherever they are. Yeah, oh, they're yeah, going good. They're taking questions, what? they're going great. And, they uh, managed to record their show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only part-time now on that show. Very part-time. <laughs> so no, no, He I'm, doesn't know that there's no video for this episode today. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no video unless you stream records. I'm definitely. No, do. I don't know, but anyway, I'll, I'll suss that out. Maybe PA or oh no, he doesn't use the stream. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, don't forget the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads, and you can find iOS and Android free apps of the day. Normally, you have to pay for them, but down that day when you're seeing they're free, so woohoo, woot woot. And uh, AussieTechRadio.com, twenty four seven, wall to wall, pillar to pillar, you know. Everything. Tech radio, tech shows, New Zealand, Australian shows. Go and have a look at that. Techwebcast.info, the Aussie Max Zone, us, uh, the t- two boys talking tech, Ozdroid, heaps of them. So go and check that one out. Who are? Obsidianloft.com. Oh, yes. <laughs> Say one more time. I don't think people understood what you were saying. Obsidianloft.com. <laughs> is this a. Oh, Jay, is this a recording? Obsidianloft.com. Obsidianloft.com. <laughs> Why don't you should should that make in that make that into some elevator music or something? Dude. Yeah, You're not supposed to no way. It's, it's oh, sorry. I'll just keep talking then. All right, so just keep uh, keep listening to what. Yeah, I can't yeah. keep talking. Just keep uh, doing what you're doing <laughs> and listening to the show. All right, thanks, uh, Warlock. Thanks, Jace. Thanks for coming in. And we'll, we'll see you next week. Next week. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Will. I and feel for that uh, lazy. Bill. Bill, dude, he's not oh, Yeah, no, tell me about it. I might even come down and pay you a visit. We might do a show show uh, live, eh? Yeah. Oh, he's going down. Oh, he's going to the coal country. Yep. What's going, going on, down, Will? Uh, heading down that way and going down Great Ocean Road and all that through there. So, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, nice work. Yeah, that's not far from here. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so we'll see those guys another time and we'll hope to be seeing you next time as well. So until next episode, have a good week. It's all goodbye from us and uh, goodbye to your family. Bye-bye. Bye.